amen. Well, if you have a Bible, we're gonna go to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, and uh, we're gonna jump into verse 28, read a few verses here. The message title for today is, is this, are you finished yet? Are you finished yet? We know Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, the Bible tells us that he said, it is finished, and then he breathed his last breath. I wanna ask this question. If it is finished, then are you finished? And I think this is gonna be an encouraging message for you today. So Romans chapter eight, and we're gonna jump into verse 28. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so you can follow along on the screens if you want to. If not, you can follow along, along in your Bible. That's what the Bible says. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right, stand, gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? And I just wanna jump in here and say, I know it's Easter, but we're, we, are, we are a loud church. Like, we get excited during the message and stuff. Now, I don't want, if you're, if you're family here at Calvary and you're like nervous, like, I don't want that person to act up today, let me tell you something. You're free to act up. You're free to say amen. You're free to shout. Don't worry. The visitors will understand. Come on, if Jesus is alive, then that means we should be alive as well. Come on. All right, so, so let's just act like we always act. If you're visiting, this is how we are. We're just a little rambunctious for the Lord. All right, watch this, verse 33. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that when Jesus said it is finished, it didn't mean he was finished. Come on, somebody, because if he was finished in that moment, he would have stayed in the grave, but he did not stay in the grave. He got up. Come on, he got up, he got up, and then he went up, and he sent the Holy Spirit, and he is coming again. He ain't done yet. I don't know what they told you, but God is not finished with you because God is not finished yet. He's still working on you. He's still working in your life. He's still being faithful for you. So watch this. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean we, he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. 
neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, are you convinced that God's love is for you? Come on, that he is for you. He is not against you. That nothing can separate. Come on, are you convinced of it this morning? Do you believe it with all of your heart? I'm convinced. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't convinced. I'm convinced in God's love and his love for me. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, give you glory and honor for everything you're doing. God, you're faithful. Even when we are faithless, you are faithful. God, you know exactly what each of us are going through. You know the need in every life. And Jesus, you are more than enough. Whatever we need today, you are I am that I am. You can meet that need. You can meet us in that place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. You know, there's a familiar word uh, as we look through this chapter. Um, it appears over and over again. It's the word choose or chosen. And I love this word because it's so encouraging for me because the Bible teaches us in John 15 and 16, Jesus told his disciples, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I got good news for you. Well, it might not seem like good news, but it, it is good news. God is not concerned with you being successful. God's concern is that you would be fruitful. And sometimes what you consider success isn't what God considers success. <laughs> Has anybody found this out? That God is very often looking for something different. Sometimes what you would consider failure is actually faithfulness. It's, it's this ability that God gives you to remain faithful even when things around you are falling apart. It might look like failure on the outside, but as long as you're planted, the Bible says you're planted by streams of water and you will bear fruit in its season. It can look like failure all around you, but if you are planted in God, you're fruitful because you're faithful. Some of you are like, I, I, I don't know how to be successful. Let me tell you how to be successful in the kingdom. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. I love this about God. It says he did not, he, we did not choose him, but he chose, he chose us. Man, that's good news. Because here's the thing. If I chose him, there have been times in my life where I chose him, but there have also been times in my life where I didn't choose him. I made other choices besides him. But the good news is, is when he makes a decision, when he chooses you, he, he is, this is what the Bible says about him, he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. In other words, what God is saying, when I make up my mind about something, I don't change it. 
That's good news for us today because that means when he chose us, he's not gonna change his mind about us. It doesn't matter where we go, what we do, how far we run, or how dark it gets in our life. His choice has been made. He chooses us. I'm just thankful this morning that he chose me. Is there anybody in this room that's grateful that he chose me? I did not choose him. It's good news because it means when he, when he chooses you that it means that everything he is comes along with that. And one of the things that I love about God is he is relentless in his pursuit of us. He is relentless in his pursuit of us. Uh, Psalm 30 and five says his anger is fleeting, but his favor lasts a lifetime. I'm so thankful this morning that God was mad at me for a moment, but his favor and his kindness and his goodness are over my life for a lifetime. The psalmist said it like this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You are in his house this morning as the result of his goodness and his grace. I don't care how long it took you to get back to church, you are here today as a result of his goodness and his grace. Sometimes when we're consistent in church, we we think we're here as the result of our goodness and our willingness, but we are here today as the result of his goodness and his mercy that is chasing us down. I am so grateful for the goodness and mercy of God. He is relentless in his pursuit. He's relentless. The thing about being chosen, though, is it's, it's, not, just, it's, it's not just all good feelings because the thing that happens when you are chosen is he's not only relentless in his pursuit, he's not only promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. John 1 and 5 says he won't give up on you. Or Joshua 1 and 5, I'm sorry. He said, I won't give up on you. I won't give up on you. You know what that means? That, that means not only will God not leave you, but he refuses to leave you alone. <laughs> Some of you, that's why you're in church today, because God won't leave you alone. Some of you, that's, that's why you're serving God today. Not, not because you were faithful, but because he is faithful, and he refused to leave you alone. He frustrated all of your plans. He made it so you didn't have any other choice but him. He took away every other choice for your life. He took away all the plan Bs. He took away all the other options, and he said, here's the way, here's the truth, here's the life. Are you finished yet? See, this is what I love about God is he will wait for you patiently. Second Peter 3 says that he is patient. He is long-suffering. He doesn't want anybody to perish. Some may think God's slow concerning his promises, but the problem isn't that God is slow. The problem is God is patient. He's taking his time because he doesn't want anybody to die without knowing him. This is how good he is. He's so patient. He's so patient that he will wait for you. He'll sit at the end of your bed and he'll wait for you to get over that hangover. <laughs> Just sitting at the end of the bed, are you finished yet? <laughs> he will mess with you, he is so good. See, when, when, I, was, when I was growing up, I used to think that, that, that if I did something bad or I went somewhere bad, that God would stand on the outside of the bad place and wait for me to get to come back out, does anybody else feel like that? Like, I used to feel that way about, about rated R movies, like if I went to a rated R movie, God wouldn't go in that theater with you. 
And, and I was so scared that, that I was gonna be somewhere and God wasn't gonna be with me. But the truth is, is God isn't afraid of dark places. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the psalmist in Psalm 139, he said it like this. He said, the darkness is light to you. There's not a place so dark that God's like, I'm scared. I can't go there. No, this is how good God is. This is how patient God is. He'll walk right in the club, and while you're dancing, acting like a fool, he'll wait for you, and he'll look at you and be like, are you finished yet? <laughs> he'll do it. Won't he do it? Some of you know it. Some of you know it. You thought you went there, and you thought, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a place so dark. There's no way God is, and the whole time you're convicted, and you're like, you're popping it, and you're just dro- locking it, and you're dropping it, and you're... Th- <sighs> And God is like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to get done with this mess. I'm waiting for you to get done with this. Listen, sin is enjoyable for a season. Whoever told you sin wasn't fun never sinned. Because even the Bible says it's fun for a season. But I love God. He'll wait for us to get to the end of that season. And he'll stare right at us and he'll look at us and say, are you done yet? Are you done wasting your time in that relationship? Are you done wasting your time in drugs and alcohol? Are you done wasting your time on following your own dreams? How about you come into my way of doing things? I'm thankful that God is patient. He will sit and wait. You done yet? (laughs) I do that to my kids. Sometimes they talk. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm listening, and, I'm, and all the while I'm thinking, are you, are you finished yet? Because you're making no sense at all. I wonder how many times God looks at us and he says, hey, are you finished yet? It is finished. So are you finished? <laughs> He's relentless. He, 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 he will frustrate your plans. There's a man in the Bible, his name is Jonah. And God chose him. And God chose him. He wanted him to preach a message. And this guy, he did not want to preach it because he didn't like the people he was going to have to preach to. And so he runs from God. He gets on a boat and he goes in the opposite direction of where God called him to go. And God sends a storm to get him back on track. See, it's good news, right, that God is relentless in his pursuit. But it's also, it can be bad news to your plans that God is relentless in his pursuit. Because now that he has chosen you, if you don't go the way he wants you to go, he will frustrate you until you get back on track. He will frustrate all of your plans. He will make sure everything you try fails until you wake up and you're done with you and you give in to him. Oh man, he's that good. He sent a storm to turn Jonah around. And then when, when Jonah said, I'm not going, I'm gonna die, I'd rather die than go. He jumps off the boat in the middle of a storm. Sometimes we do crazy stuff, don't we? Sometimes we'd rather die than do what God wants us to do. Have you ever been there? That's crazy. But I'm sure many of us have been there before. There have been times in my life where I, I, would, I would literally rather do anything than do what God has asked me to do. Because sometimes the things he has asked me to do are so beyond me, I don't even know how it's gonna take place. But he is so kind, he will send a fish along named Grace that will swallow me up in the middle of my rebellion. And then when I'm finally willing to do what he's called me to do, that fish will drop me off right in the middle of my purpose. See, some of you thought you wasted years and you wasted time and there's no way I could get back the years that I wasted, but thank God we serve the one who restores the years that the locust and the canker worm have eaten away, that our sin has eaten away, that our mistakes have eaten away, and he can restore us 
back to our purpose. I'm thankful for him. So he'll frustrate us. He'll wait us out. He will pursue us. He will be with us through the pain of this life. See, Romans 8 teaches me this. It teaches me that nothing can separate me from his love, but it tells me that there are things that are gonna try to. These things can't, but they will try to. Life, death, the threat of death, persecution, struggle, difficulty. There are things that are gonna happen in my life that are gonna make me wonder, God, do you love me? Are you with me? Are you for me? Every one of us in this room is gonna have a Friday. Every one of us in this room. See, Friday didn't just happen to Jesus. Friday happened also to his disciples. They didn't suffer the death that he suffered on the cross, but they suffered as well. Think about it for Peter and many of the others. They had left businesses and family and friends to follow Jesus. They had gone all in with Jesus. They had decided, we're not holding anything back. We're going after you with everything we've got. And they spent three years following him, thinking that things were gonna turn out a certain way. And in three years, they get to this place where they're following him and they look at him and everything they thought was gonna happen isn't happening and their whole world comes crashing down. Have you invested years into something just for it to not work out? God says, I didn't come to spare you from the pain of life. I came to spare you from the sting of death. So if you're a Christian in here, understand this. You're not going through what you're going through because God doesn't love you. No, you're going through what you're going through because you are a human being and it happens to everyone. It rains on the just and the unjust. But watch this. God said, even though you go through all of these things that are gonna try to separate you from my love, none of them will be able to. Nothing that happens to you will be able to separate you from my love. And it doesn't matter how much pain you experience in this life. Not only does Friday happen, but Sunday happens for every believer. Sunday happens for every believer. Being chosen by God got Joseph thrown into a pit and into a jail cell. Being chosen by God got Daniel thrown into a lion's den. Being chosen by God got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into a fiery furnace. Being chosen by God caused Job to lose everything he had. But God made him a promise. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he made his New Testament believers this promise. He said this, nothing that you give up in this life Nothing will go unnoticed, and I will return it to you not only in this life, but in the life to come. How many of you are thankful that not every promise I have in God is wrapped up in this life, that some of the things that God has reserved for me are in the next life? I'm thankful for heaven this morning. Is there anybody thankful for heaven today? I'm thankful for heaven because no matter what this life does to me, Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming, and every one of us will be able to look on Friday and call it good. 
It's what Romans 8 says. He works all things together for the good of them that love him and are the called according to his purpose. It might not look good now, but there will come a point in your life through perspective where you will look back at the Friday that you went through and the Saturday that you went through and you will be able to call it good. It might not be here. It might be there, but at some point you will call it good. Can I tell you something? Revelation 21, 4 says this. It says that he will wipe away every tear from their eye. Do you know why it says that? Because some people will experience so much pain in this life that they will go to heaven weeping. And their tears will not be dried here, but they will be dried there. And there will be no more mourning, no more sickness, and no more death. I've got good news for you in this life. If somebody you know and love has gone on to be with Jesus. They are in no more pain. They aren't weeping anymore. We might be full of sorrow, but they are not full of sorrow. To us, it might have been the worst day of our life, but for them, it was the best day of their life. Why? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Is there anybody in this room thankful for heaven? Come on, can we give praise to God? who opens up heaven. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may also be. I'm so thankful for heaven. I'm so thankful for heaven. So that's the, that's the problem with being chosen is that we're gonna, we're gonna suffer things in this life. Nothing that we go through compares to the glory that will be revealed in, in us through Jesus Christ. So being chosen does not make us exempt from the pain of living. It just takes away the sting of death. I'm truly not afraid to die because Jesus defeated death. That's what the resurrection does for us. It doesn't just say, hey, 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 I'm alive. And in this life, it's gonna be great. No, no, it, it might not be great in this life. I can't promise you that. See, there's, there's been a false teaching that's gone across the church that has taught people that if you come to Jesus, then your bank account's always gonna be full and your car's always gonna run and you're never gonna get a negative doctor's report and nothing bad is ever gonna happen to you. That's not the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not a promise that nothing bad will ever happen to you. It's just a promise that when you go through bad stuff, you will not be alone. If everybody walks away from you, he said, I will not leave you. I won't abandon you. I won't do it, and I'll carry you all the way to heaven with me. Whew. Man alive. God is so good. You know, Peter, Peter was one of those disciples experiencing the loss of everything that he thought was possible in his life. He he left everything to follow Jesus, and here Jesus is. We find ourselves here in, in, in the garden. Let's just go there for a moment, here in the, in the garden where Jesus is praying, and, and then Judas comes, and he betrays Jesus with, with a kiss, and Jesus is getting ready to be arrested, and, and Peter, who's, who's chosen by God, has been, is, has been believing that Jesus was gonna do things a certain way and it's not turning, and everything in his life has fallen apart and, and he makes a bad decision. How many of you have made bad decisions when you've been disappointed? 
oh man, I've made some really bad decisions when I've been disappointed. And the Bible says something so wild. It says that Peter, a fisherman, this guy's not a warrior, but he turns into one. Peter, this fisherman, he had made a promise to Jesus. He said, I'm going, I'm going with you. I'll die for you. And, and, and Peter pulls, pulls out a, a, a sword or, or a knife, like a machete, and, and he launches at one of the guards. Now, this is what's amazing about this story, is that, is that Peter, he's a fisherman, not a warrior. And, and it's, it's cool because, <laughs> watch this, Peter goes for the guy and he hits his ear. How many of you in this room think Peter missed what he was aiming for? Like, he's a fisherman. He's not a warrior. So my, my thought goes to that he didn't hit what he was aiming for. But I'm, I'm grateful for those times in my life where Jesus didn't let me hit what I was aiming for. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody else in here thankful that you didn't hit everything you were aiming for? That you didn't get into all the mess you tried to get into? That you, were, you had your mind made up, you were gonna go cause some trouble, and God was like, no, nah, you're gonna miss, you're just gonna hit the ear tonight. You ain't gonna hit that throat. I'm thankful for that. But watch, watch what happens. It's a picture of justification. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter four, verse 25, it says that Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses, but he was raised for our justification. Remember Romans eight, it says, who can condemn who God has chosen? Why? Because it is God who justifies. Amen. He's chosen us. So watch this. <laughs> oh man, this is, how, this is how good God is. What a picture of justification here in the garden. When Peter cuts off his ear, the man's ear, and it falls to the ground, and Jesus picks it back up, and he puts it back on the man's head, and he heals his ear. I can see the soldiers going, arrest him too. Arrest Peter too. And, and Jesus going, for what? He cut off his, his ear. But see, this is what justification is. It's just as if I never sinned. I, I don't know if there's anybody in here. Maybe, maybe all the perfect people can be quiet in this moment. But maybe there's some messed up people, some jacked up people in this room that you've done some stuff and you needed Jesus to fix it. Come on, if you've ever needed Jesus to fix something in your life, make a little bit of noise right now. I've needed Jesus to fix some stuff in my life. Woo! Fix it, Jesus. Have you ever felt that way? And, and Jesus, you can stand, you can stand with me. I'm, I'm almost finished. And Jesus takes the ear and he puts it back on. And they're like, arrest him. To, uh, well, I guess not. Because... If we don't have the evidence, we can't make the arrest. Whew. This is what happened. Jesus, when he went to the cross, the Bible teaches us that he took our sin on him and then he went to the grave. Third day, he rises up. Watch this, he got up, but our sin stayed buried. Oh, he buried the evidence. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a God who doesn't just forgive me, but he buries the evidence. 
And when the enemy come in, comes in to accuse me, he looks at him and says, what are you talking about? I've forgiven him. I have buried the evidence. He is justified. His, his slate is clean. He is white as snow. <laughs> Man, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Is there anybody in this room grateful for the righteousness of God that is in Christ Jesus? I've got a clean slate. Mercy is made new every morning. Watch this. When you're chosen, I told you, he'll frustrate your plans. Peter, same Peter that cut the ear off, he's, he's now, he's frustrated so, so much and he's disappointed because when you're disappointed, what do you do? You go backwards. So he says, hey, I'm going fishing. I'm gonna go back to my old life. And he goes out and he goes fishing. And as he's fishing, he can't catch anything. Nothing. Jesus is frustrating his old life. See, you can, you can go backwards, but Jesus will take the enjoyment out of going backwards. You can, you can go back to your old life, but Jesus will take the enjoyment out of going back to your old life out of it. You won't feel the way about it now the way you used to feel about it. Watch, no, watch what happens. They're, they're frustrated. They have, they've been fishing all night, can't catch a thing. And Jesus comes up to him and he says this. He says, hey, children, that right there, that makes me want to go crazy because they have all, all of them rejected him, walked away from him, disappointed him. And he still looks at him and he says, hey, children, I don't know about you, but I don't know about you, but I don't know where you've been or what you've done. But God's still looking at you saying, hey, child. Hey, son of mine. Hey, daughter of mine. And the Bible says, John, John goes, it's the Lord. And Peter jumps out of the boat immediately. He didn't wait for the boat to get to shore. He didn't wait for anybody else to come with him. He jumps out of the boat. Why? Because when you've been chosen, you can fail, but you can't resist. Ah, see, that's why you're here this morning. You've been chosen. Maybe you failed. But you're here because you can't resist. And he's calling you today. And he's asking you, hey, he said, hey, do you got any fish? In other words, Jesus was saying, are you finished yet? They get to the shore. And what they've been struggling to catch all night and could not catch, Jesus already has prepared for them when they get to shore. Jesus is trying to say to you are, you, are you done? Are you finished yet? Because everything you want, I've already got prepared for you. You need to stop struggling. Stop striving. Stop trying so hard. And trust me. I wanna make, I wanna make a call for two types of people today.